0: Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm with a developer, creative, called Michael McCormick. I've been um, following Michael's trail of activities for a number of years now, and um, welcome to the program. Thank you, Stephen. Michael, you're not the typical developer. Just for those, just a little bit of background, You, you did study law. Yep. Then you went on to... You knew, you didn't, pract- you didn't practice law, you no. decided to become a chippy Well, the building like, no, no,
1: I finished school uh, and didn't know what I wanted to do and sort of probably didn't have much direction during school, so I didn't do too well. Hmm. Um, but a lot of my friends were entering into trades, so I started uh, a carpentry trade. Really enjoyed it, but realised uh, relatively quickly, sort of, that it wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, so I went back and studied uh, construction management. And whilst I was studying construction management, continued to uh, work as a carpenter to, su- to support myself uh, and then finished construction management, uh, did a-, a master's in construction uh, and then realised that um, I enjoyed aspects of the law. So did a, a degree in law and uh, decided that I want to try and combine that all into one and became a property developer. Uh, you probably
0: heard of the... Uh, company that uh, Michael is one of the directors. Uh, milieu, milieu, and if you're French, that's how you would milieu, say milieu, <laughs> milieu. And you'd probably know, you probably have heard of milieu. He's been written about in the press, but also through the boutique. I hate the word boutique, but it is boutique-style apartments, predominantly in Collingwood and the inner city, like Fitzroy.
1: Yeah, the inner north. We don't have a. Uh, like, we we sort of our our target area is probably 5k from the CBD, close to amenity, close to public transport. And it's just just so happens that we hang out in Collingwood and Fitzroy and Carlton and Brunswick. So that's where we've done most of our projects, not because we won't do a project on the other side of the river, just because you tend to uh, know an area much better if you're hanging out in that area. Mm. So the opportunities have presented themselves much more in in those suburbs. So Michael,
0: I'd have to say, look, I'd say... Pretty fairly, that I think Milieu has put Collingwood on the map. Thank you. um, With the developments you've done. Um, It's an area that everyone talked about for many, many years, Smith Street, as just the great sleeper. And then you you were saying that Peel Street development really kicked things on for you. Who were the architects for that?
1: Uh, So, the architects, it was uh, a team of architects. We worked with DKO. Uh, who are responsible for the architecture as well as design office uh, who are responsible for the interiors um, and yeah it was a it was a quite a significant project for us um, having prior to that we'd been doing a lot of smaller projects sort of five townhouses six townhouses and that was I guess a progression towards doing a a larger apartment project at the time it was our largest project. How um, many apartments? It's 36 apartments. Yeah.
0: Over six levels? Uh, it's
1: over nine levels. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, Michael, that's quite interesting because there's been a huge amount of high-rise apartments that I think people sometimes get, it's a little bit alienating for them. They're not quite ready, empty nesters, to move to those high-rises. Yeah. So, townhouses and smaller developments, obviously, is catering to a market who are a bit suspicious about apartment living?
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's something we're very familiar with. Our, 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 uh, the stuff that we develop sells, I think, 90% to owner-occupiers. And it's, it, it's um, our target market is the, the people that uh, may not be able to afford the terrace house in the suburb uh, but don't want to live in a large-scale apartment tower. Um, so we will we try and fit in the middle of that somewhere. It might be a townhouse or it might be an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, really, our target market is ourselves in that um, when we first started developing, the first project we did was five townhouses. We bought a single block of land and put five homes on it. And that was because I couldn't afford that the terrace house in the street.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds very easy to say, look, we'll buy a block of land and we'll develop it, but, uh, Michael, it's not that easy. No, no. Um, And while it it seems really appealing to just say, look, we'll jump on the bandwagon and we'll start looking, it's not that easy. You were telling me um, in our travels, you know, in the past, that, you know, there was a block of land that you'd already bought in Collingwood, and I think over a matter of a week or so, the planning laws had changed, and really what became... A significant number of apartments had to be quickly transformed into townhouses. So- uh,
1: yeah! It was a project in North Fitzroy. Uh, we bought a block of land which used to be an old uh, an old mechanic workshop. Uh, and when we bought it, we bought it at auction. Uh, it was it's, it's it's one of the most challenging sites that we've dealt with. It. Uh, uh, a lot of people didn't want to touch it because of its history um, so I spent months turning myself into a, a geologist or starting to understand the soil profiles of the area and understand the potential risk from a contamination perspective uh, anyway so we bought the site uh, we had a view about what we could do with it prior to buying the site uh, and then shortly after buying the site uh, the zones uh, changed or the controls around the zones changed it happened a few years back uh, and what maybe could have been uh, with heritage and council support uh, a larger scale development and council we'd already seen so they were comfortable with the idea of a larger scale development quickly changed to a much smaller development and I guess it's how yeah. How does
0: that affect you? I mean, oh, it's significantly,
1: it you. <laughs> significantly, significantly. But, um, do, you it's, kind of, do you kind of scream or do you just oh, take no, it on the chin? A, yeah, I think our, we were talking a bit before about how our job is sort of a problem solver. and It's kind of one of the challenges that we have to overcome in everything that we do. We're kind of just constantly solving problems, and that was one of them. And it's now on a, It's a beautiful project under construction. It's 26 apartments now, um, and it should be finished about mid mid 2018. So, you were saying the
0: other thing, which is a, an important issue with the Airbnbs, because yep. they've basically uh, destroyed a lot of neighbourhoods. Uh, the The permanent community don't really want transient people coming in and having parties all the time, and yeah. this is a constant issue. Um, and you were saying that part of your business now is called milieu stays, which is looking at short-stay short, uh, short stay management.
1: Yeah. Um, Tell so me about that. Yeah, we... Um so, as I said before, we yep. sell ninety percent to owner occupiers. So, mm-hmm. in a building of, let's take Peel Street for example, there is thirty six apartments in Peel Street. There might be one or two people that uh, are not uh, permanent owner occupiers, uh, and there may be with those investors they may choose or they may wish to uh, short stay manage their apartment, mm-hmm. and as as they as is their right. Um, but what we wanted to do is uh, avoid one or two. Uh, Apartments that are short stay managed affecting our community, so we wanted to flip that into a positive and make sure that we control that for our both for the for the investors who were looking for a yield, as well as our owner occupiers to make sure the amenities um, because it it is a big issue. It can destroy a whole building. It can, it can. But if it's done positively, if it's done well, it can be a positive thing. We feel. Um, So yeah,
0: Michael. The other thing is apartments is. To be honest, there's only a certain limit to what you can do to make an apartment engaging, exciting, different. What are the things that you've, with the architects you work with? I mean, you work with Clive Fredman, uh, Fredman... Fredman White. Fredman yep, White. he's one of the
1: architects we DKO work with. Architects. DKO Architects. Yep.
0: Who are the other architects you work um,
1: with? We work with many, um, but to name a few... And apologies if I miss yeah. any. Um, we work with Friedman White, uh, addition Office, uh, Fieldwork, DKO, Design Office, Alava. Therefore, uh, I'm sure I'm going to have missed a couple. And, that... and
0: before we get on to the actual design, what are you looking for in an architect? I mean, it must well, be quite yeah. difficult because Melbourne has such a rich you
1: know, oh, history yeah, of
0: architecture. How do you choose the architects?
1: Um, well, yeah, we... Look for people that uh, inspire us, really, uh, whose work we really uh, are, are drawn to. I guess um, we don't, we and we rely upon them very heavily. I guess as a developer, we don't actually do anything. Um, we're more of uh, sort of a manager of uh, a whole bunch of different people. Um, mm. So we, we rely on architects and consultants very heavily. Um,
0: and what are, you, what are you looking for? Not just yep. you know, people who are... I mean, you know there's so many great... What are you looking for, though? There must be something that, that you want to work with an architect.
1: Yeah, I think probably, like, uh, certainly new, new ideas, yeah. uh, which has its own challenges. We work a lot of, with a lot of architects uh, that are younger uh, and a lot of them have fantastic ideas um, and then translating that into a building is quite challenging as well. Um, so yeah people that inspire us people that have new ideas um,
0: yeah the when when I was mentioning when it comes to apartments there's so many there's only so many ways you can work 80 square meters of space yep it's pretty difficult I would imagine but there are some things that milieu have put into the equation that actually make it feel not just larger because it is what it is but more engaging, yeah, and addition office is partly responsible for a lot of that as well.
1: Uh, so Edition office, we're um, we're working oh, no, no at,
0: is addition or the
1: we work with both design office and, and Edition, Edition office. office. Um, design office, we've uh got a long history of working with, uh, they're an in primarily interiors practice, but they're also um, architects, um, and yeah, they've been responsible for a number of our projects, um. Our, our apartments are typically a little bit bigger than, uh, other apartments on the market. Uh, they have a lot more joinery. <laughs> so, um. Which is expensive. It is expensive, but, um, storage is key in small spaces. Uh, and just well designed. It, um, you can have a, I feel like you can have a 65 square meter two bedroom apartment, which is very, very small. And that's kind of typical of some of the investor projects in the city. Uh, and, and that can be a good apartment if it's designed well. Otherwise, it can feel awful um, if it's not.
0: What are the things that you've kind of learned
1: over the years that might seem like a good
0: idea, but no, we're not going to do that in our apartment? Something <laughs> that people just don't want anymore or it just becomes quite difficult to well, even explain yeah. to people.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the BADS have just... So the uh, Better Apartment Design Guidelines have just come in uh, mm. and they're kind of uh, reinforcing a lot of... Um, a lot of concepts that I guess we were already doing, um, but they're improving the apartment standards, which I think is a good thing. Um,
0: like windows to all habitable rooms. Yeah,
1: things like that, and minimum sizes of bedrooms. And, and so there's a lot of um, discussion about, is it a good thing in terms of um, prescribing what is good design? And that's kind of what the Better Apartment Design Guidelines do. They're kind of It's almost a checkbox to design, and that, that's yeah. a, that can inhibit design, good design. But I think the good thing about it is it pulls up the bottom end of um, design. Uh, so things that I wouldn't, and we haven't done, but the things that we wouldn't do are kind of the, the piggyback bedrooms where you've got a, a long corridor around the back of a bedroom to gain light into that bedroom. It was a solution a while back to um, the, the planning control that said you need to have light and air to all bedrooms. So, um, okay. It's not a good solution, obviously, because you get this, this long corridor. And yeah.
0: um, Michael, where's your head at thinking? Where are you thinking at the moment in terms of areas? I mean, I don't want to tip off too many people. Yeah. But, um, well, you know, it, it won't be a secret. but Collingwood's not a secret anymore. Yeah, so yeah. where's where's somewhere, if I said to you, Michael, I'm thinking of looking, and yep. in 10 years' time, I'll come back and thank you. Yep. Where should I be looking now? Because Melbourne is just such a difficult place place to predict definitely well we've, we're
1: we're developing uh, I feel like Brunswick is uh, f- what Collingwood was maybe 10 years ago so we're well, not maybe not 10 years yeah. five years ago so we're developing a lot in Brunswick now we've just uh, got into construction our first project which is 21 townhouses in Barry Street and this year we've bought two more projects one is uh, will be our largest project to date it's 50 odd apartments. Uh, And then another one that we purchased this year that we'll launch early next year, which is another sort of 45 apartments. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I I guess Brunswick is a really fantastic area. Um, I feel like what happened to Smith Street five years ago when everyone moved from Brunswick Street in terms of the retail to Smith Smith Street, Street, and which made Smith Street fantastic, is now happening to Brunswick. Smith Street's become really uh, expensive from a retail perspective, and everyone's moving out to... The bottom end of Lygon Street, which is Brunswick East, yes. and that's really becoming a really vibrant area. So yeah, we're looking around that those type of areas, and I guess we love we would love to do a project in Footscray, but we haven't found the right uh, pocket. Yeah. Um, Kensington, Flemington, uh, all those areas are fantastic. So still as well.
0: in a five-kilometer.
1: For us, yeah, for us, uh, they're the type. Our sort of constraints or our sort of. Uh, guiding principles in terms of looking for sites are typically about 5k making sure that it's close to amenity close to open space close to public transport the other thing is
0: i think it's worth mentioning is that townhouses have experienced quite a strong revival in the last few years definitely i think and i would think and this is the way i see it is that you know people are scaling down they're not ready for an apartment and this offers them a garden a sense of a house but it's low-maintenance. Would you agree with that? Definitely. From one end
1: of the market, yeah, they're sort of the downsizer, uh, uh, they're the drivers there, but also from a a young professional perspective, as house prices continue to rise, they may have had the desire to buy uh, an established house, but now can't, so they're sort of saying, well, a townhouse has everything that that established house has, is low-maintenance because it's new, is often uh, far better designed from an amenity perspective, uh, and it's a great option. Like if you think about the townhouse uh, compared to the terrace house, the terrace house has a long corridor, bedroom, bedroom, and then often a compromised living area. And very
0: steep stairs, usually. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whereas the townhouse, um, it's amenity, particularly with the way that a lot of the ter- in a city townhouses are designed these days, which is reverse living, living on top with roof terrace. The amenity of these townhouses is far greater than those those terrace houses.
0: Um, I might. Mentioned one of the townhouses I saw recently that you were involved in was yep. the one in um, Collingwood, which was uh, you worked closely with uh, Jesse and Siada. Yeah, my uh,
1: good friends, Miardi. Uh, yep.
0: yep, an amazing uh, townhouse, extraordinary experience. I showed it on one of my tours uh, and great. two of my tours actually. Yep, um, really threw me out. I mean, again, completely different. Over six levels.
1: It is, it is actually, yeah, because you've got basement, ground, uh, bedroom, bedroom, living, rooftop.
0: Which is a very unusual scenario. It's almost something that I'd expect to see in Japan.
1: Definitely. And Um, I think Jesse took a lot of inspiration um, from, from some things in Japan
0: because it is quite it's also the footprint is so small i think jesse was telling me it's 75 square meters so so cut in half so it's about 35 36 37 square meters per townhouse yeah that's right unbelievable yeah
1: (laughs) so we purchased the site i still remember it was a it was an old um it was just a garage actually just sort of a single car garage um and jess and i were looking at it we were doing smaller, t- he was working as architect on some of our smaller townhouse projects at the time, uh, and we decided that we wanted to do a project together, and uh, this block of land came up and Jess forwarded it to me. I said, what are we going to do with this, mate? And <laughs> he came up with just this, gar- it was just a garage. It was just a garage, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was a very challenging project, um, particularly from a construction perspective. Milieu built, which is our building company, built it, um, and yeah, trying to do a base. It must have been the smallest basement in Melbourne, in that it was seventy-eight square meters, but very, very challenging because there was no. It's it's constrained. Uh, it's only got west frontage, yes. and it's built out on the north, south, and east. Uh, so building everything uh, only from a west frontage and only having seventy-eight square meters, and its entire it's one hundred percent site coverage. So mm-hmm. it made it a very challenging construction project.
0: It is fascinating to see what you can actually do with very little. Sometimes I imagine that the tighter, the, con- the more constraints you have, the more it forces you into really thinking of something out definitely, of the
1: box. Definitely. I feel like um, if you had a big open block of land uh, in the middle of nowhere with no constraints, it's hard to gain inspiration because I guess that's where inspiration starts, isn't it? You need... I think this is what Jesse says. Yeah, you need uh, restrictions and challenges to overcome.
0: Where do you see milieu going? You've kind of covered a lot of areas. Yep. Where, if if you look at, say, the next 10 years, where do you see milieu going?
1: Yeah, I'm excited by it. Um, I think we'll continue to uh, develop uh, for owner-occupiers. That's what we've, um, that's what we have done from the very beginning and that's our market. So I don't think you'll ever see us Never say never. Uh, But at the moment, we don't have a desire to do a large scale uh, apartment project in the city, for example.
0: That's covered. Yeah, Yeah, that's covered. more than covered in that area. Yeah, there's
1: enough of them. Um, But we're expanding into other areas, I guess. Of life, so we're kind of you
0: mentioned uh, milieu hospitality. Yeah, so that's kind of
1: that's an exciting thing that we're doing. Um, Within all of as we've gained in scale, our projects have become mixed use projects in that they have a space at the bottom of them that is. Often forgotten about in other projects. So often you'll see these beautiful apartment projects in renders. They'll have a cafe or a wine bar or something downstairs in the render, but in reality, what happens is it's the fast t- food. It's it's often forgotten about, and maybe it's a it's a a baby's formula place or something stupid like that at the end because it hasn't been uh, yeah. thought about. So we wanted to make sure that, it, and it's the it's the first thing that you experience in our buildings or in everyone's buildings is that space because you walk past it or you go and get a coffee there or you go and buy some gum there or something. So we wanted to make sure that it was uh, representative of, one, our building and reflected well in our building, but also contributed to the community long after we had been there and developed there. So we've now finished our development, but our, uh, our hospitality business is still operating within the development and contributing to the community.
0: So if it was a greasy Joe, you know hamburgers for yep. instance and they're you know, keen to establish themselves on your patch, you would probably say, Look, I don't think that's an appropriate response for our target well, audience.
1: We we've gone one step further in that um my family's in hospitality, luckily enough. Um so we've teamed up with my sister uh and we're operating within the space. So we're creating the space but we're operating the space as well. So yeah. we've set up Businesses that will operate within our spaces, and it's not just one size fits. Also, one one might be a wine bar, or one might be a food store, or one like our developments. We kind of try and contribute to, or respond, or reflect place. So, um, the first one that we open up in a couple of weeks is a wine bar. The second one's a food store, and beyond that, we're op- opening up something else, which is a, a Japanese restaurant.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because there is, you know, people don't talk about that um, that. Combination of retail, commercial, and residential. It can actually make uh, living in an apartment pretty horrendous if you get the wrong definitely use. Well, you go past it every day, don't you? Yeah, you do, and it it really is upsetting. You kind of. I remember I won't name the developer or the building, but I remember years ago there was a a, a significant building in in Melbourne, and they were you know really it was going to be a grand place to live, Mm. and then it got flooded with cheap nasty takeaway food places and they just said oh we sold it on we have no control over it now
1: and that's what we want to do Uh, avoid we sort of one of the things that uh, and why we have so many different bolt ons or not bolt ons but aspects of our business is we want to control every aspect do you get <laughs> you, I think you
0: um, because you've got this carpentry background as well I imagine Michael you do get involved in the detail of every apartment uh, the, the guys and in the architects office. go Michael you're not the architect yeah. you're meant to stand back a bit And but how frustrating is it you must see plans that come across you just and go it's not right I need to change
1: it yeah uh, definitely and no one no one believes this believes me in the office that I used to be a carpenter I don't think my wife even believes me but um, yeah I'm always uh, in the detail I get well I try to be in the detail at the moment uh, it's difficult and there's um, we have a number of people now that work with us which is fantastic that help out so I kind of I probably jump in and out of the detail (laughs) which which is probably frustrating.
0: Well Michael, look thanks for coming on the program today um, I'm delighted that you took time and really you've done some amazing things uh, Thank you. I know you probably think it isn't a lot but it's a huge amount and I mean to transform whole suburbs has is quite extraordinary and, and it does make a difference when you see great developments rather than just speculative developments that are just driven by money and yield and you know uh, there's only a handful of developers who actually care. So, um...
1: Yeah, Melbourne's, I think, very unique in that I know we're wrapping up. Yeah. Um, there are a number of great developers, I feel, yeah. um, so we're lucky.
0: Yeah, I think there's a number of really key developers who are really pushing things. People like uh, Neo Metro, Media. I mean, there are a number of them. But unfortunately, I think for every great move forward, there's also a step back. Yeah. And there's that greed factor where it really just becomes how many units I can get on a block and and then that's considered successful. But mm-hmm. I'd like to think, and I think you'd agree, I think people are really discerning now. They can walk into an apartment and see if it's got a good feel.
1: Oh, certainly. And you can see from uh, being at the coalface with our purchases, because we sell direct to our yeah. purchases rather than through an agent, you can see the, the difference in purchases now as opposed to four years ago. Yeah,
0: Look, thanks so much for coming on the program.
1: Pleasure. You've been listening to uh, Michael McCormick. He's
0: a director of milieu, uh, built, uh, sale, hospitality and stays. And you've been listening to Stephen Crafty, talking design at RMIT University in Melbourne. Thanks so much for listening.